This is Joe Hackman with the Manufacturing Matters Podcast, and today I'm going to be talking with Bill Gaines from TransferFlow and Grow Manufacturing. Bill, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me here, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. Absolutely. So, so Bill, let's start out a little bit and learn more about you and TransferFlow and sort of what got you into the manufacturing business. You know, I, I started back uh, in high school, actually, and was very interested in, um, in working on cars. And uh, unfortunately, at my school, I didn't have an opportunity to take auto shop because I was in an accelerated course uh, for college. And so I decided to go to Cal Poly and to learn all about cars. And I became, uh, went into the mechanical engineering program. Uh, that was my major. And in my junior year, I was given the opportunity to be a co-op student at General Motors. Worked there down in one of the assembly plants uh, at Southgate, California, and I certainly learned how to put cars together. (laughs) Cool. Um, And uh, when I graduated, I was offered, uh, had several offers, and decided to take the one at at, uh, Fremont Assembly Plant and worked there for several years. So uh, from the point, uh, that point, I've been in manufacturing and uh, ended up back at central office, uh, helped design the uh, tooling for the S truck back in 1979, and then moved out uh, back to California to get my master's and in mechanical engineering. Didn't get my master's. I ended up uh, uh, working for a company called Travel Accessories, and uh, who made fuel systems and cruise controls. And I was designing both, also running the plant. And uh, an opportunity came about where um, they decided to sell their tank business. They found a a buyer in Wisconsin, and I figured, well, here's an opportunity. Try to start my own business. So I had a partner at the time. He and I started in 1983. And then in 1987, uh, both Ford and GM came out with larger tanks on their Class C, Class A motorhomes. Forty percent of our business went down the tubes. My partner said, "That's it for him," and so I bought him out and continued on and doing this manufacturing. So we've been involved in manufacturing. Let's see now; it's 44 years wow. actually since I graduated. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, in, in full disclosure, I've become a fan of your products, and I'm actually getting a getting a tank installed today in my truck. I was very inspired when I came through and did a tour here. It's an, it's really an incredible facility, and you guys are doing some really neat stuff back there. Thank you. I particularly appreciated uh, the effort that you guys put into your own machinery, and you have a machine down there that I think was a project that with a jointly with a some college students with Chico State yeah yes. tell me about that, that yes uh, that's actually a, a CNC um, a mandrel bender tube bender and uh, we need to automate as much as we can uh, it's obviously more accurate when you can automate and get the manual operations out of the out of the equation mm-hmm. um, every year really we work with Chico State we try to offer them a a senior project here at TransferFlow where our engineers and theirs, uh, their students work together. Uh, that particular one was an excellent, uh, excellent design. Uh, it uh, completely automated the X, Y, and Z axis, three axis tube bender, and uh, probably should patent the darn thing, but eh, that's all right. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's a good opportunity for uh, students to actually learn in the real world, before they graduate, 
and uh, given some uh, heads up, uh, like I had actually as a sure. student. That gave me a lot of opportunity to uh, put on my resume, my experience that I had gained, and uh, and as it that was true with these students, they they all had jobs. So that wow. that's that's what we want. That's good great. jobs. Yeah. Really good. So uh, along your path here. What are some of the inspiring figures that you became exposed to, either through education, through working in the industry? Who were some people that you were inspired by and looked up to and maybe got some great ideas from along the way? Wow, that's a good question. Uh, my uh, Back when I was young, uh, I certainly uh, had, had some, um, some teachers that uh, really inspired me. Uh, uh, Dick Spencer, Mr. Spencer, who was in math. Uh, was a great teacher. Um, to be frank, also in English, Mrs. Stoll was a great teacher. She the harder and heck to get good grades out of. Uh, Cal Poly and uh, Cal uh, Cal actually, I had a great teacher there. Uh, I, I took some classes at Cal after I graduated, and uh, Dr. Alexander was an amazing professor. So I had some inspiration there uh, in at General Motors. Um, uh, Frank DiPietro, who uh, was back at Central Office, was uh, was a mentor uh, mm-hmm. for me and uh, learned a lot from him. Learned a lot at General Motors. Okay. It was a great place to learn. I had a chance to move into several different departments mm-hmm. while I worked for them, and uh, that gave me a more well-rounded background. Uh, certainly, it helped in starting my own business. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting when you look back at... Uh, um, successful ventures. There's there's all these little inspiring pieces yes. along the way. Yeah. It's it's a neat little it's a neat little story. It's a neat picture that develops as you look. You know, I, I would say also I should I should not forget my parents. Um, both of them really taught the work ethic and uh, how to treat people. And I think that that probably would, I should start with them. <laughs> they were they were my first inspiration. Great. Well, you know, it's interesting. You have a, a very um, a very positive culture here, and it, it's evident when you walk around the plant. Uh, you're very friendly with the employees. You've got quite a few employees working here, but it's it's almost as if there's only ten people working here. You're, you're talking to somebody about last time I was here. You were talking about the fishing, and <laughs> hey, are you going to catch some salmon or yeah, that type of thing? And that's kind of a neat thing to see. What do you think are some of the aspects of the culture here and some of the things that you guys have implemented that have really helped differentiate transfer flow. Yeah, you know, the North State, I can speak well to the North State since I grew up in this part of the country. Sure. Extremely dedicated people who want to live and work here. Hmm. And uh, they have great work ethic. Um, uh, We are a family. And I think one of the things that... uh, we try to inspire in, in our employees, as as our daughters have, who have taken over the business, daughters and son-in-laws, is that you have to be a team. You cannot, you don't know all the answers. And you need to work as a team, get rid of the egos, work. Those guys out there, we remind our engineers, the guys out on the other side of this wall are paying your paycheck. Mm-hmm. You better remember that. As a matter of fact, your job is to make their job easy. That's what you need to be doing. And you need to work with them because they know the job best. And so I, that actually, as interestingly as enough, that 
I kind of learned a lot of that at General Motors again. Mm. Uh, Even though there was this big, strong um, fight between management and and, uh, the union, Mm -hmm. I think when you work with the employee on on the assembly line who's trying to get that job done in 45 seconds... And if you can help, if he can be a part of the solution, mm-hmm. he can help come up with a the solution to a problem of getting that job done in that time. He buys into it, doesn't he? Right. And and that's that's how we have to do our business here. They have to buy into it. They have they have to be part of the solution. Right. So um, we do believe in merit raises, and if someone is willing to take on extra jobs, learn more jobs, they should be paid more. Hmm. And uh, so, uh, and they should, con- you know, basically we share our profits too. So, and I've always done that. So That's great. Everyone knows exactly where we stand day to day or month to month. Very good. Now, how do you, um, how do you develop, you mentioned people can do more jobs. How do you develop your uh, employees? How do you make sure that they're getting the best possible training and and figuring out which jobs fit them best mm-hmm. and do you have a do you have a lot of advancement around your facility people moving from one department to another from one job to another in a given department that type of thing we we do uh well we don't have a lot of advancement I and mean, people stay around here for a long time uh and that is one of the problems that we do run into um but uh but as far as we try to see what their their strengths are mm-hmm. and uh find out uh if if someone's good at talking to somebody else, you know, I mean, and, and communication is a good skill. Supervision or basically sales or, or, or in, in that realm. Um, we also try to help people who need extra help in, in learning a skill. So uh, extra training, whether it's uh, here at the plant or, uh, or off-site. Um, and I, I can give you two examples. Our production manager started in the kit room hmm. but he's a great communicator and a, and on he very positive person he's now our production manager our project manager started as an errand boy didn't get his AA didn't get a BS or BA and but he was very good uh, talking to people uh, understood the product line very well knew our, our positive what we could do and what we could not do so perfect position for him. So they grew into those positions. Um, we've had uh, people who we tried in supervision, but it's that's a difficult job sometimes. You're kind of between a rock and a hard spot a lot of times. And so that didn't, they just were very uncomfortable with that. So move them into something else. Try to fit that employee to something that obviously first they have to enjoy it and be good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what we try to do. Very cool. And now maybe yeah. we'll segue a little bit into sure. to grow and what was where do you see the genesis of, of of grow what were you sitting down were you at a meeting with some folks when did you go uh eureka you know i've got to do this thing <laughs> well I, I it actually happened uh after my uh, two daughters and two son-in-laws pretty much took over the company we, uh, we had told the kids that we needed to start thinking about retiring. My wife had, had an accident and was not doing well. And so it was time to make a transition. And there was a couple other reasons for that, too. And so when that happened, there were two things that just frustrated the heck out of me for years and years. I would have loved to be in Rotary 
or Kiwanis or Chamber. And I was in Chamber, but not not to the extent I should have been. And, or involved in other voluntary clubs, but there was just no time. And, the, you know, you're so focused on new designs, dealing with issues. Obviously, there are personnel problems occasionally. And getting the money in, enough money to come in to buy new equipment or develop a new design or go out and do testing or whatever it might be. And, and so now I had the opportunity. I wasn't involved so much in the day-to-day. And so the two areas that frustrated me a lot was I had no idea who what our next-door neighbor was. Hmm. Never did know. Wow. And uh, up until I, this event occurred. And, and the other one is is that I've noticed over the time that we could not hire anybody. Hmm. At one time, we would offer a, a welding job, and we'd have 50 applicants. Now, we would have one or two if, if we were lucky, hmm. you know, and, and uh, let alone if it was a CNC job, we had none. Hmm. Um, so um, I, I found that frustrating. And so I thought, well, I have some time, so maybe I'll do something about that. So with the help of... Uh, Audrey Taylor from Chapin Concepts, mm-hmm. who was definitely the uh, person who got us to where we're at. Uh, talked to Audrey, and uh, we had a meeting, and we said, you know, this is a good idea. Why don't we see if we can get enough private companies around here to basically see if we can set up a website just for uh, so we know who does what mm-hmm. and see if we can help each other. And so that uh, we started that in uh, early 2013, and we finally got enough private money together to uh, to finance the website, and it went live in October 2013. So that got done, and now all of a sudden now we're starting to learn about other companies. We got in, I got involved in North Valley Lean Group. That was another area that I had not had a chance to do something that. That opened my eyes. Uh, read the goal by Goldrat. Wish I would have known that. Uh, read that about thirty years ago, <laughs> and uh, so we started getting involved in lean activities here, as well as working with other companies. And uh, so, from that, we decided. Well, you know, why don't we try a manufacturing expo so we can educate the uh, the public as well as students of there really are manufacturers around our North State. Uh, we did that one in 2013. Uh, I'm sorry, 2014, October 2014. Mm-hmm. We just, uh, when we had 20, uh, we had 1,200 students the first year, and then 2,200 students this last year. And uh, we decided to see what we could do about education by offering education tours. Uh, and so we were able to get... Uh, uh, go out and solicit for them to come down, tour several facilities so they could see the technologies. And that was the uh, that was with the help of Susan Huckinen, who was a STEM coordinator for uh, Butte County Office of Education. Okay. So that got that started. So that was sort of the start of the, the public-private sort of collaboration yes. at that stage. Yeah. Right. And as I understand it, that level of collaboration has just, you guys have made incredible strides. And mm-hmm. I think that's, I think the heart of the substance that really I think other people should be looking into. 
the level of you, you know what the problem is. The problem is people don't have a workforce. Right. There was other issues, certainly, but namely, you don't have enough of a work workforce. It's difficult to expand a business in manufacturing when you don't have qualified welders, CNC operators, that sort of thing. So take me from the, the step where you just sort of you've just sort of started and you've identified the need and you started with with uh, the Office of Education. Mm-hmm. Today, you're so much farther ahead sure. from that, but maybe fill in a little bit of the blanks. Sure, sure. Well, you know, I, we we started, uh, we then started to try to talk to different groups, different organizations, and start educating the public about how important it was for manufacturing to be in our communities. And that's where our bar chart came from. Bar chart from Shasta County, where direct output per job of one manufacturing job is $386,600 for just one manufacturing job. As compared to a retail job of $75,000, it takes 5.1 retail jobs to equal the benefit to the community of, of one manufacturing job. And, I mean, it is, it is a no-brainer that we need to focus on growing our manufacturing sector, so how do we do that? And uh, obviously, as you pointed out, if we don't have a skilled workforce, who's going to move up here? Yeah, if we're gonna, we want to attract new manufacturers or grow our own manufacturing business, we have to have these kids with the skill levels they need, and uh, they need to t- t- be hired. Um, and I am absolutely convinced our young kids have the technology. They know the technology a heck of a lot better than I do. Uh, they grew up with it, you know. And and I, I love to use the example of who do you ask to fix your remote control of your TV remote. It's not, you're usually stuck in figuring out what button to turn it off with. These kids can figure it out in a, in a flash. and They know it. They know it. Our problem is we're not teaching them those things. Mm-hmm. And it's not the fault of the teachers. I, I want to make it clear. Mm-hmm. It's not their fault. They were never trained in it. Mm-hmm. Like, we were never trained in it. So how do we do that? And so I think that's where we're coming towards the train the trainer and uh, some other things that we started working on. Uh, the 40 different jobs in a manufacturing facility such as ours. Um, when we did our first manufacturing expo, we required the exhibitors to do two things. They had to do a job board. What a job board means is all the different uh, specific, specific careers that they offer at their company. And we wanted them to categorize them into a high school graduate, the jobs that a high school graduate could apply for, the jobs a community college graduate could apply for, and the jobs a university graduate could apply for. Then within those, we asked them, highlight the jobs that are hard to fill. And it was obvious, technology. Technology was the problem we are all having a very, very similar scenario. Uh, didn't matter whether it's TransferFlow or Fafco or GPI or any other company. They're all seeing the same problem. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm taking that data and then giving it to the different educators, giving it to the schools, say, hey, here's your problem. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's see what we can do. And of course, what they did is come back and say, well, we need to know what the 
basic skills are to meet those jobs that are hard to fill jobs. So we started working on that. Now we provided them recently with all this, the five major skills for each of those hard to fill jobs. So now they have that information. And, and I think, um, and, I, and I'm seeing that starting to move uh, all the way down to K, K8. Uh, um. Yeah, t- tell me about, I was looking at a very uh, interesting photograph with some really neat yeah. pr- project work. And I thought this was, you know, high school students or something like that. But you had some, yeah. t- for- tell, me about the, tell me about the fourth graders. <laughs> fourth graders uh, from Durham High at Durham Elementary School and Durham High School. Uh, these kids uh, were required to uh, make a drawing of whatever they wanted to make. And uh, they, uh, they had to use SolidWorks to do it. Uh, and uh, basic, they drew out the, a pattern. Um, for an example, a Batman or um, um, a, a medical um, insignia, mm-hmm. you know, a variety of different things, um, Star Wars, Saber, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And uh, so they were, they drew it out and then they came over to the uh, welding fabrication shop at the high school, put on their goggles and basically uh, they made a DXF file and then basically watched the, that part being cut out on a, on a CNC plasma. Then they, that part came out off of there. They walked it across to where they were going to weld it to a, uh, a, a round slug. Mm-hmm. And uh, now they're going to be working on it further. They're going to grind it off and they're going to do other operations, which is great because now they're learning that there are processes when you make a part. And they're also seeing this equipment that they more than likely would not have seen until they got into high school in most cases. Right. So they're getting a preview of, of the kinds of equipment that they might enjoy working using, perhaps even uh, owning their own manufacturing company yeah. sometime. Who knows? Yeah, you know, when, when we talk about the, the, the levels now that you're, you guys are able to bring this to, I immediately think about the image problem that manufacturing has. Hmm. Manufacturing in the United States was really against the ropes for so many years because they were it was looked upon as a, a dark, dingy, um, unhealthy. It, it had this image when people thought of manufacturing, they didn't picture the nice, clean, tra- you know, transfer flow facility or even you know the super elegant environment that Elon Musk builds at his companies with the white white floors oh, and yeah, yeah. just different things. So people have this image of manufacturing that it's dark and dirty. They don't realize that manufacturing jobs contribute five to one over a retail job, what, two and a half to one over IT jobs? Yes, right. It, right it's just the, the ratios are incredible. Yeah. So the benefit to the communities is enormous. It's not what people think it is. So I see... The, the image just dealing with potential pe- you know kids that are eventually going to be looking for jobs and you you don't have the most favorable education statistics in the area that you're functioning share that with me because I think to give people an idea 
of how important it is for people to be inspired to find a job that is that pays well and creates opportunity yeah. is yeah. so critical. Well, as a part of that uh, $386,600, uh, you're looking at three things that create that for the community. Let's start there real quick. Sure. Number one, the do- the product I make isn't stay- doesn't stay local. It goes outside. Actually, we ship worldwide. Mm-hmm. So we're bringing in new dollars to the community that, again, they get multiplied. Manufacturing company also requires several satellites, if you will, small companies in the local area to keep it running. Mm-hmm. You know, I need electricians. I need plumbers. I need I need a whole array of different companies, IT people, mm-hmm. lawyers, uh, engineers. You know, I, I need a whole bunch of companies to keep keep the lights on, keep the power up, fix the problems as they as they as I have as we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, lastly, I need a skilled workforce, mm-hmm. and they get paid a heck of a lot more than a McDonald's, for mm-hmm. an example. I mean, they're buying homes, they're paying taxes, you know. So it, it so it it helps the whole community when we have a manufacturing mm-hmm. a manufacturing company here and the employees that that work there. Um, the the technology today. Is the, one of the major reasons why it's such clean, so clean. We need welders that understand how to weld. They need to know the angle of their MIG torch. They need to know the amps and the voltage, the feed, the speeds. What they're required to do now is put that into our program on a robot. Mm-hmm. And make that work and manage that robot. That's what they do. They're not sweating. They're not, you know, it's it's a completely different atmosphere than what it was 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, and I, I think a lot of people say, oh, gosh, you automate something. Well, you're going to get rid of all the employees. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people perceive manufacturers as earning a huge uh, percentage of the dollar in profit. We earn between three and seven, if we're lucky, percent out of every dollar in sales. Mm. And that's if we're lucky. Uh, so we have to manage labor, no question about it. Mm-hmm. But the key, the way to solve that issue and grow our profit, our bottom line, is more throughput. Mm-hmm. More product out the door in that same given period of time. And good quality product. Well, the technology, if we incorporate the technologies that we have today, mm-hmm. utilize them, that happens. We can we can compete globally. I can compete with China. Mm-hmm. I can compete with Mexico. You ship to China, don't you? We do. We ship we ship our product to China. Yeah, so some of our product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're we're more than happy to compete with them. Uh, because automation is gonna make our product better quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we're right here in the United States, for goodness sakes. We can listen to the customer's need and solve that need. That's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it, it, I'm, I contend that if we can get the skill levels up in the Northern California area or anywhere, mm-hmm. we'll grow our manufacturing base, and that'll be great for the communities. I remember when I, in the 1950s when I grew up in Revlov, we had six mills, mm-hmm. six lumber mills running. They were two-shift, three-shift operations. They were skilled labor jobs. I mean, you got millwrights, you had electricians, you had truck drivers, you got all sorts of people running those. Mm -hmm. 
Unfortunately, now Red Bluff has one, and it shows. Yeah. Unfortunately. Now, in terms of um, talk to me about the the education statistics because I think for people to really understand why how critical it is these technical jobs these good paying jobs that don't require a four year degree right. Okay. What, what, what kind of education yeah. opportunities and are people in this environment experiencing right now? Well, I can tell you, I mean, right now uh, we have two lasers. They're being managed by a mechanic, degreed mechanical engineer. That's, that's ridiculous. Uh, we have a, our Haas Vertical Machining Center is being managed by a manufacturing engineer. That's ridiculous. That's well overqualified. Mm-hmm. I, I am absolutely certain that a graduate from high school can operate the laser as well as the robots, as well as the uh, CNC press brakes and the Haas, if they had that training in high school. I'm, I'm also convinced that if you, if you want to become a programmer, you could get to that point as in a junior college level. Mm-hmm. And, and all it takes is just bumping up the training we're doing in schools. We need, to, we need to get these kids in here and see the careers and basically take a look at what we offer. Like I said, we have 40 different careers. We tell, our, tell the students that come through, pick, take a look at our, our job board and choose a job. Look at a job that best fits your interest, your talent. And, um, and then, then, then basically we ask them to write about it. You want me to talk about a little bit about that? Um, yeah, you can, you can, and then after that, I, I think we'll start talking about your how you're working with the educators themselves and how you're breaking down some of the silos between the education department. No, that's good. We'll start we'll start there, and then let's then let's uh, segue over to that. that okay. Portion. All right. Okay. Um, one of the things we do now is when uh, students come through our facility, and we'll have students coming from Tule Lake, way up by the Oregon border all the way down to Gridley that come through and tour our facilities. But before they are allowed to do that, they have to do a pre-tour project and a post-tour project. Uh, after the tour, is the post-tour project. Pre-tour project is they have to get online and they basically have to look at the internet and, and see what we do. And we give the teacher some information about our, equi- uh, our equipment. They have to write a one-page paper about what they expect to see. And then we basically get a copy of each student's paper. When they get here, we hand out the job board, and we basically tell the students, as I mentioned before, um, look at the jobs that we offer. We're going to talk about them as we go through uh, our tour, and we're going to we're gonna, you need to pick one that you think fits your talents and needs. After the tour, they have to pick one of those jobs and do a research paper, one-page research paper. They're going to answer seven questions, and then we get it. And our goal is to use that information for shadowing uh, uh, to have that student try shadow the career they were interested in mm-hmm. and see if that works. Then we expect the school to set up the curriculum for the remainder of their high school experience to prepare them for that career. Mm-hmm. That's the goal there. As far as education is concerned, what we're doing with, uh, we basically started with the superintendents and principals. We did the tours through several different facilities. And now and now what we are offering are train the trainer classes. 
Uh, we've done three of them so far, and they have been anything from learning about the Haas for the machining center, laser, uh, welding robot, CNC press brake, uh, and we've um, learned all those pieces of equipment. Now we have also trained them on SolidWorks and then making a uh, CNC program to make a part. And then we also had them learn G-code and how, uh, they had to write the code and then make a couple parts so far. So we're doing more and more of that as we go along. We're hoping that, that along the way, community colleges will pick that up, mm-hmm. take that on. But until that happens, that's what we're going to continue to do. Um, so I, that that's pretty much on the education issue how we're how we're going along with with uh, with getting these teachers trained to the technologies we have. Mm-hmm. Now you guys had also done some other pretty neat things uh, in terms of evaluating this each school's capabilities and also providing material for them to actually get things done yes. and it's. Um, You've become, in, in essence, a service organization for the manufacturing and education uh, industry in a way. Uh, talk, talk a little bit about your uh, sort of you, a couple of your problems you identified. Maybe we'll start with the equipment issues that the this various school facilities might have, and then we'll talk a little bit about materials. Sure, sure. Well, I've had the opportunity to visit uh, 23 different schools and uh, 20 uh, high schools and three community colleges. Actually, also Chico State, so I guess 24. And uh, during that time, I, I, uh, I'm able to go through the facility and uh, take a look at what they're doing in welding and fabrication and in their CAD. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in that. And uh, it's pretty obvious that we have a... Uh, a problem that, that there's no technologies in those cl- and many and many of those high schools. I'll give you an example. Um, Arc Exposure is a uh, program that Butte College puts on. This year was the very first time that Butte College had their split their teachers from their students. They had 300 students, 54 teachers, 54 from 54 different high schools. The teachers all went to the SolidWorks class. It's the first time they have ever done that. And so while we're in the SOLIDWORKS class, I get the opportunity to talk a little bit. And we learned that out of 54 high schools that attended that, 14 had CAD classes. Hmm. Uh, and six had 3D modeling classes. That's a, that's a, we have a long ways to go. And so it is, it is uh, obvious that we... We need to basically show these various schools where the, what they're lacking. And so that's the reason we talk to the superintendents and the principals and say, look, this is what you need. You need to start SolidWorks. That's what most of our manufacturers are using. You need a 3D printer. You need to start teaching SolidWorks in the freshman class, yeah. not the junior-senior class. They need to be making something in the freshman class mm-hmm. and then move forward. They need to learn at least Python, as far as coding is concerned. We'd like them to learn C++ or Visual Basic as well. There isn't any reason they can't learn that. Uh, 
And, and so basically we've been having a lot of communication with these all of these schools. And we've been, been very fortunate that uh, many of these schools now have, have adopted this. And uh, we've seen Paradise now has 3D as uh, SolidWorks. Uh, Durham has SolidWorks. Corning has SolidWorks. Uh, Red Bluff, who has uh, Inventor, is now switching some of their classes to SolidWorks. Lost Plume, uh, Lost, I'm sorry, Lost Molinas has SolidWorks, and Lost Plumas has SolidWorks. So, uh, so we're getting more and more schools now to buy in to, at the very least, have the CAD programs and teach these kids the CAD, and uh, with a 3D printer. Mm-hmm. Um, regarding the steel. We can talk about that, and one of the ways I've been able to do this is uh, we have several companies who are willing to donate steel, Mm -hmm. so I have a delivery schedule, (laughs) and I'll bring my steel, we'll bring the steel uh, to the the facility, I get a chance to talk to the teachers Mm -hmm. about what kind of projects they're working on, show me your TIG welding machine, for example. Sure. Let me see, let me see how your, how, how that student's welding on it. And we're quickly learning that the teachers need a little bit more training. You know, some of them have a take machine, but they're not using it because the teacher doesn't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. So we need we need to fix that problem. And and they're looking for support. I can tell you, for the vast majority of these teachers, all they need is a little support. Mm-hmm. And if we can basically tell uh, administration at those school districts, you're going the wrong way. He needs to learn TIG. Right. When are you going to set up that class? And I think we're getting a long ways down the road. It, I have. I mean, I'm not selling anything to them. Right. So I mean, I'm just. Ba- I'm a manufacturer. It just needs their employees. Right. You know. So they have no reason not to believe me. Right. So. Well, I think it goes a little bit beyond. Uh, y- yeah, you, you are a manufacturer that needs employees, but you, you're also someone from this area who cares about this area, who wants to see it succeed. You want to see the kids succeed. You want to see more of that. Was it 70%? Don't 70 per, that's correct. Two 70%. years of college. Yeah. You want to see more of them going into jobs where they can afford to own a home, that's right. where they can afford to raise a family and continue and their prosper, kids can have a and job. And their kids can have a job. Yeah, absolutely. It's, so you're, it, it's a, sir, it's a, it's pre- predominantly a service to the community, and there's this little side benefit of, yeah, you might be able to also get some quality uh, employees for your organization and for other local manufacturers and, and everybody benefits. Sure. And, and keep this in mind. It's not just me. Right. I, you know, I yes. mean, I want to make, make yeah, it so clear. Who are, there's a whole group of us. That who are, are some of your, who are your co-collaborators, and, and how many people are in Grow and we have almost a hundred different organizations or companies that are involved in that. We'd like to grow more. It's just a matter of going out and talking to the other manufacturers in the area, uh, sitting down with them, explaining why why this is so important. And so, uh, I would say the leader, and I mentioned her earlier, was uh, Audrey Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we ended up with the Cal Ed Award of Excellence uh, that we were given down in um, L.A. for the you know for the programs that we're doing. Uh, that's that's a tribute to her and her organization, Chapin Concepts. Um, uh, Michael Cross, Nortech, uh, Nortech basically um, uh, Alliance for Workforce Development, uh, 
they oversee the uh, uh, the various different organizations throughout the 11 northern counties to try to find jobs for the uh, unemployed. Okay. And so he basically uh, kind of manages the money through uh, a nonprofit called NRCD. Mm-hmm. So we get, for an example, a, a manufacturer uh, pays $479 a year to be a member. And we use that money then to uh, hire uh, college interns mm-hmm. uh, to go out and help train uh, the teachers and to manage this this organization. Uh, they've done an absolutely wonderful job. Great training for them. Uh, matter of fact, right now we've got Maya Grunder. Uh, she just graduated in manufacturing engineering and she's going on for an MBA at Chico State and she is up teaching Red Bluff High students and the sub uh, G-code uh, using their mini mill. Great. Yeah. So uh, so she'll be up there this whole spring break. She she chose to do that, which is wonderful. Oh, that's great. And so we have we have very talented kids that we need to take advantage of, and obviously we need to pay them. Absolutely. You know, it shouldn't be free labor. And so uh, that's where our money goes. It goes to that and goes to the manufacturing expo, and uh, uh, that's not to me. I'm just happy to help. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's a it's an opportunity. Service is a great thing. It's a wonderful it, it, thing. It, it, right. it feels good. It, you know, it's it's one of those things that keep kind of keeps you going. It does. Um, we're uh, probably coming close to the end of our time that we allotted today. But uh, tell me what it would what it'll look like when this program is wildly successful. If you're best possible dreams were to come to fruition, what would that look like mm. uh, in, in maybe five or ten years? Well, I, I we we're currently talking about a makerspace trailer mm-hmm. that uh, would have a Hosberg machining center, a laser, a CNC press brake, a welding robot, a plastic injection molding machine that we can cart around and cover every school in the North State. Those in the frontier areas, those in the rural areas, so all these kids are on a level playing field. My uh, my hope is that when these kids graduate, regardless of the high school they're in, they have that same opportunity to move forward in their careers. It doesn't matter whether it's at Chico High or up in Surprise Valley High. They all have that shot. That's, that's what I, I would love to see. And I, again, I strongly believe that if we have that, we'll grow our North State manufacturing. This is a great place to live. The only concern I have is if I have too many guys up on the Sacramento River, I won't catch as many salmon. (laughs) But that's all right. I'm okay with that. Competition for the fish. So take up gold panning or skiing or... I'll figure out something. Yeah, they can... They can try something else. Well, they can. But that's all right. If they're on the... We'll we'll enjoy (laughs) enjoy their company on the river, too. Very good. Very good. So what's the website for for Grow? Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's it's www.growmanufacturing.com. Very simple. Very good. And if people want to help out, if um, service clubs want to... Uh, donate time or resources to help you guys or if what can what can people do what's the greatest need and what can people do to get involved and help you uh, make this program more successful well we'd love to hire more 
interns. Uh, so, I mean, that is a, that's an issue, uh, is that we just don't have enough money to, to continue in that, uh, with that. And we'd like to put on, uh, do what's called supplier discovery, which is trying to help the supplier side, uh, getting them up, uh, taxonomy on a new website. So, um, if they'd like us to come down and talk to them and, uh, Educate them on what, why this is so important. If they'd like to contribute, we would, we can, we'd be happy to. Uh, if they'd like to donate some money or, or, um, or even some time to, to get the word out, we would appreciate that. Um, the it's all through uh, NRCD is a Northern Rule Community Development. Mm-hmm. It's so it's a five hundred one c three. It's tax deductible. Mm-hmm. If that helps, um, if they have materials they'd like to donate, we'll come get them. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll take bar stock. We'll take uh, sheet stock. That is one of the things that we're going to need more and more of mm-hmm. as the technology gets incorporated in the schools. Okay. So just give us a call. We'll find a spot for them. Very good. And um, do you, uh, I understand you're starting to collaborate now with, with other groups that are trying similar things and doing other things. So if what would your advice be to say just that that rogue business owner that rogue uh community college professor at the in the manufacturing um class what what would you say to them to push them in the right direction and what would be some of the first steps they might want to take besides calling you (laughs) (laughs) or audrey yeah or audrey right well, I, I think you just need to communicate with some other manufacturers you get the time or other community colleges. I think the word's getting out. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I really do believe that we are seeing a change, and it's not just because of us. But, uh, but I do think that we're starting to realize the value of manufacturing. And if they're interested in it, uh, they can get on our website. They can match what we're doing. You know, we, uh, we're setting up Google Drive so that we have communication uh, with our teachers and industry. Mm-hmm. For so long, education has been on their own and manufacturing has been on their own. We really need that collaboration. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to move it forward in the right direction, you must collaborate. You must cla- And you must be prepared to learn new things. Mm-hmm. It can't work if it doesn't, if they don't. Well, Bill, I have to say it's been a real honor to speak with you today, and you've actually inspired me to come up with a term that uh, is driving the um, the guests that I'm recruiting for this podcast, and that's difference makers in the industry, and it's people that are really doing positive steps for U.S. manufacturing to move forward. So I, I appreciate your service Thank to your community, and I appreciate your time, because Thank I know you're a very busy man. Thank you very much. Have have a go. I appreciate it. You bet. Have a fantastic day, Bill. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, you just heard uh, Bill from TransferFlow telling us all about grow manufacturing. And uh, as you can see, Bill is a a very inspiring gentleman who's doing some really great service to his community and helping to provide a, a better workforce for the future and improve his community. Thank you for listening.